people love to help. And if you essentially give them the opportunity to help, you're going to be just, yeah, you'll be just breaking it in. This is Stay Paid, a sales and marketing podcast on a mission to help you close more deals and retain more business. Welcome to another episode of Stay Paid. I'm Joshua Stike along with Luke Acri. And before we bring on our guest today, we'd love it if you take a minute to subscribe to Stay Paid on Apple Podcast or on Spotify if you're not already subscribed. And while you're there, drop us a review to let us know how we're doing. We'll read it right here on the show. Our guest today is Brandon Hegg. Brandon has over 15 years of sales production leadership and coaching experience. He is passionate about helping people achieve their personal and professional goals. With dynamic directions, he works with hundreds of advisors across the country focused on growing their practice fast. While he works with all level of advisors, his specialty is working with new advisors and their leaders to both develop the advisor and leader to increase speed to productivity, independence, and set a leadership cadence to build a foundation for growth over the decades. Brandon, welcome to Stay Paid. Hey, thanks, Josh. I appreciate it. That was uh, a mouthful of an introduction, so I appreciate you powering through that one. Absolutely. Well, Josh has the part of the show. Yeah, he has the best <laughs> intro in the biz. We've been told that, and we have to <laughs> recite it every time. That's what we say. Exactly. See, he said it's absolutely. Branding. Yeah, yeah, it's branding. You just keep saying it. So people are like, you know that Stay Paid? If you, if you claim the you're the best, like everybody's the best to their mom. Yeah. That's why you got to just claim it, claim it, claim it. But Brandon, excited to have you on, man. Excited to talk about referrals and like asking the right questions. You are definitely an expert in these areas, so we'd love to pick your brain on it, but would have you introduce yourself to the audience, the people who maybe never heard about you before. Can you share a little bit about your journey and what has led you up to today? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, again, thanks for having me on. Um, so uh, as Josh said, I've been in the industry 15 years, started as an advisor, and then uh, through time as part of leadership teams, managing a branch, just kind of moved up in terms of what my responsibilities were. And over the last kind of 10 to 12 years, I realized that what I really like to focus is on those people that are high will, maybe low or lower skill. So folks that are just hungry, they just want to grow. Mm. And so where we focus at uh, Dynamic Directions is doing more with the clients you have and attracting new clients, but the right clients. Um, so that's, I mean, if advisors are working on that, we basically take uh, best practices from some of the top producers. We've got, you know, some of Forbes top advisors. Everything that they've been doing, we kind of cherry pick what's the best stuff, and we'll bring it to uh, the advisors we work with to say, hey, you know, if you want to try and figure out how to get there, you can try, or we'll give you a map. Love and that's, that. Uh, that's where we found our niche. Is Success leads clues. Success leaves clues, the great Tony Robbins. You just got to go out there and follow him. (laughs) Well, let's jump right into it from the referral perspective, how to kind of create a referral ask. I know, you know, number one, our company, Reminder Media, we work with, uh, we'll work with hundreds of thousands of professionals and their number one thing that they come to us for is to get referrals and get repeat business Mm. from their clients. But so many people struggle with, how do I bring it up? How do I ask for it? I know you've got a model that you teach your advisors on how to create a better referral ask. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So, um, I mean, first and foremost, the, the key is just doing it yeah. um, and asking. But what we try to do is we try to get rid of some of the fear, some of uh, when you ask an advisor or any sales professional, what gets in the way of asking for referrals, it's usually the same stuff. I don't want to be pushy. I don't want my clients to feel pressured. 
Um, I don't want to feel like a cash grab. So what, uh, what we do is we actually talk about how do you make it a conversation? And, and the way that we set it up is we call it IPA. So if you're familiar with uh, the, the beer, beer here, oh, yeah, the beer. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it stands for improve, praise, and ask. Mm. So a couple things that we find out is, uh, one, people don't want to feel pushy. They don't want to make the client feel pressured. But then the other side of it is they end up putting a very vague referral on us. Um, mm. What we've heard is, and what I grew in the practice was, was, you know, Brandon, have you found this valuable? great, who else do you know? Which is incredibly vague and it's hard to think through that. So, you know, if somebody asks me, who else do you know? Yeah, a lot, a lot of, people. of people. Yeah, and yeah, so much. So what we do is we, uh, we talk through this IPA. So the way it goes is basically the first I is improve. So Luke, if you and I were, were sitting across the table and I was your advisor, what I would do is I would say, you know, Luke, we've been working together for the last couple of years. Um, I know there's some things we can control, some things we can't, the market, things like that. But I always want to make sure that you're getting an excellent experience. So, you know, looking at things that me and my team can control, what could we do to, to improve your experience? Mm. Love and that. what you're going to get when you ask that question is probably one of two things. Mm. One the clients are either going to say, oh, no, it's been awesome. Yeah, There's nothing. So now you've solidified that value. Or they might actually tell you something, which is good to know. Um, we've had uh, clients tell advisors they wanted them to do a Fun Fact Friday video. So you guys are like, all right, <laughs> I'll go do that. Um, but you start with the improve. And you just always ask that, what can I do better? Because it's solidifying and... and uh, locking in and confirming that value that the client is is seeing uh, from you and from your practice. So you start there, and then you move into the P, which is praise. So you go through the improve. You can actually set the table to say, you know, if they say everything's great, there's nothing I, I would do differently, you can always say, well, you know, Luke, I'm going to ask you every time we have this conversation, so if there is ever anything, let me know. That's so great. now you've actually set the expectation that every time the client's in the office, you're going to be talking about a referral, but you're doing it as, how do I improve? So it changes the conversation and it puts you as the advisor in the driver's seat of what do we do better? So the P part of IPA, praise. And the idea is you want to praise the client. So by praising the client, you want to tell them what it is about them that makes them your ideal client. And it could be anything from, hey, you work at Reminder Media. You're a millionaire. You live in this neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is, you want to say something along the lines of, Luke, I love working with you. Um, you're one of my favorite clients because you work at Reminder Media. You XYZ, whatever your target client is, praise that client because that's going to tell them who should I be referring to you. Hmm. And you do it in a way that says, I really like working with you. You're one of my favorite clients because yeah, nobody's going to feel upset when you start praising them right. and telling them, hey, this is all the great stuff about you. Mm -hmm. People love that. 
and you're basically telling them who else should they be thinking about that they could refer to you. So you're not saying who else do you know? You're saying who fits this exact criteria that is just like you. And likely, if you've got a client that has these uh, characteristics that you're looking for, people tend to hang out with the same type of folks. So there, there's going to be people that come to mind. And so you praise them. And then the last one is just ask, who else do you know that's like you? Um, and again, if you don't, if you get a name, great, set the expectations. If not, hey, keep us top of mind. That's the best I could ask for. And yeah, you just keep bringing this conversation up through the improve praise ask. Yeah. And it may take a week, it may take a month, but you're going to start to let your clients know that your door is open and you're open for business, which is a big key of getting referrals. Yeah, I was going to ask. Letting I was going to ask about the timeline there because obviously that works great after the transaction or after the conversion mm-hmm. from prospect to client. Is that can you use that similar model? Like, how often are you coaching people to ask for referrals throughout the year? Are That's they doing follow up calls or doing anything and using a similar model? You have to adjust it a little bit because I would imagine a year later, you want to say, hey, is there anywhere I can improve? Or maybe you're asking for an update on your improvement over the performance of the last year, are you using the same sort of model or tweaking it? Yeah, so it's it's really the same. Actually, what we've found and studies have shown that the clients, the, when a client is most likely to refer you is the first 90 days first nine, of yeah. becoming your client. So you got to hop on that right away. And then it's uh, every year after, if you got something, where the client said, hey, I'd like you to work on communication. You can always touch base. Hey, are we improving? How's that going? Otherwise, you bring it up. uh, I think every six months is pretty standard of what we're seeing is as clients come in, if it's quarterly, sometimes that can be a little much. But otherwise, yeah, every time you meet with the client, you're always asking, what can I do better? What can I do better? And that's going to set you apart from everyone else. Because you're constantly asking the client, what could I do better? How do I make your experience better? Um, And yeah, we see people bringing it up every single time they do either a service meeting or an initial meeting. The key is once you provide value or once you have something where the client feels like they've gotten some value from you, that's when you want to ask. Now, what are you doing once, uh, like, let's say you get a referral from a client, it's a success, they end up working with you. What are you then doing, like, sort of to say thank you to that client that provided you with that referral? Are there any unique ways that you're saying thank you to clients? Yeah, so what we've started doing, um, because what uh, what we found is a lot of people do the exact same stuff. And it's, you know, I'll send you a gift card, or I'll mm-hmm. send you some branded mug of some type. So what we actually have advisors doing is creating what we call a little kind of a catalog sheet where there's pictures of things that you could give a client. You want to reinforce the the fact that your client gave you a name. So you don't want it to, to basically be totally dependent on them becoming a client. What you want to do is when they come into the office, you bring out this sheet and you sit down and you say, hey, uh, Josh, I... I wanted to send Luca a thank you. Here's some of the stuff that we have. What do you think oh, Luke would cool. like? Yeah. And they then, the prospect picks the thank you gift for the client 
and you fill out a basically a card or a handwritten note that uh, is from the both of you. So now not only does your client get the thank you, your prospect's name is on it. They feel an affinity to you because you've done this together. And they now know this is all the stuff I could get <laughs> if I send someone to you. Wow. Now that, that is a golden nugget. There it is, and ladies and gentlemen. There's the golden nugget. So the thing we do here at Reminder Media, which is uh, trying to get the prospect or the client that we're working with when they refer us, trying to get that connection even deeper, is we usually include them in a text message, which is mm -hmm. not even as good as sending the gift. The mm -hmm. gift is even better, but we include them like we'll text. Josh has referred me Brandon, so I'm texting Brandon with Josh included in the text. And all of a sudden, the referral becomes real, real. because what I think is a key point that you pointed out that everybody needs to take note of is 90 days is where people refer the yeah. most from the transaction within that 90 days. Why? Because trust is high. Because the, yes. the recall in the mind of the, the client of the value that you offered is solidified. As the time goes on, they forget of that value and their trust. Like it's so much trust has to be there for them to be able to refer somebody to you because they're putting their reputation on the line. When you refer, you're putting your reputation on the line. And that's why you have to constantly remind. The other thing that I thought was really neat that you said that a lot of coaches don't say is the idea of asking for referrals. A lot of coaches teach, you shouldn't have to ask, you just create a culture where you literally have created this whole field. And I totally disagree with that. I was actually on a webinar the other day doing a <laughs> referral summit where the guy who was hosting the referrals summit, he was like, you shouldn't have to ask. And I was like, no, 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 you 100% ask. Because if you don't right. ask, you don't receive. And you are planting the seed. That's what people don't understand. It's like, they won't give it to you the first time, but you've planted the seed and now they know. And so every time that you do this IPA process, you're watering that seed. And eventually yeah. they're going to start becoming conditioned to knowing that, hey, Luke needs referrals and he look, he's looking for people who work at Reminder Media that do X, Y, and Z. And if I ever come into contact with somebody like that, it's going to be fresh on my mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, so many clients, you know, uh, what we see too is advisors and basically business professionals in general tend to kind of be proud of how busy they are. And so when, you know, a client says, hey, how things are going, gosh, I'm just so busy. I'm so busy. Clients won't refer because yeah, they think, well, you're so busy. Point. I can't, I can't wow. give more people in. You need to let them know, like, my, I am open for business. My door is open. Anyone that you think I could help, please. And so a lot of times people put that pride on being so busy, but it actually mm. sends the exact opposite message to your clients. So then they don't want to refer. That's really good. Because they don't want to basically take more of your time if it's, you're already busy. Yeah. I don't know if I'm allowed to give out golden nuggets, but I would like to give out <laughs> a golden nugget. For that. That's actually no, a really a, great give, point. Give like, a silver to, dollar. Because it's, it's <laughs> habit to say like, oh, I'm busy. You know what I mean? But to, like to train uh, yourself. Yeah. I never thought about that before. Doing that, the psychology of it. One thing I would add yeah. that we have found it. So in your IPA process, the praise process, I think is so critical. That step. Yes. What we have found in some of the things that we teach is, hey, you want to praise them basically going, hey, I would love to have more clients like you, right? Yes. That's like my dream. 
And then what I have found to be really, really good is bringing people in. People want to feel part of something. They want to feel mm. that. That's why, like, when you see someone's fitness journey, you're, you know, wow, you're down 20 pounds. They, you start cheering someone on. Like, you want to be part of someone's goal and their story and their journey. So we teach people to literally go, hey, you know, I have a lofty goal for my business this year. I really want to help so-and-so many families you know, do whatever. If you're in real estate, you know, get into their dream home. If you're a financial advisor, really secure your your future for retirement. I'm really seeking to help as many people as I can. I'm hoping to help 25 new families this year. And not to be funny, Brandon, man, if I could find 25 families just like you, it'd be amazing, man. Not trying to make you laugh. Do you know anybody that you could connect me with? Maybe they're not looking right now, but I could introduce myself to, and I would love to give them some information that might help them. And we have found that if you include people into your journey of growing your business and they feel part of the helping others, it just is another psychological piece that helps get over that hurdle of the trust. It's almost like, oh yeah, I want to be a part of impact. I want to be a part of giving back. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's brilliant, right? Get people, people love to help. And if you essentially give them the opportunity to help, Don't you're going to just yeah, you'll be just breaking it in. Yeah. Well, let's kind of transition then into the you've got the referral now, right? Yeah. So now you're you're actually now prospecting or working the lead, whatever term you want to use it uh, from that perspective. You talk about asking better questions to get results, and what I really like about this is you mentioned this idea of the decision making uh, being controlled by different parts of the brain. Explain yeah. that. Yeah. So, um, so if you took like a cross section of your brain. So I'm going to get into a little bit of biology. Love it. There's, there's really two parts that, I mean, there's three. One is instinct, but then you've got your limbic brain and your neocortex. And what's really interesting about this is your neocortex is facts, figures, logic, language, but not decision-making. Mm. The other part of the brain is your limbic, which is feelings, emotions, no language, but decision-making. And so what I see advisors do is they spend so much time going, where are you now? Where do you want to be? Okay, this is how, this is the product to get you there. And clients don't take action because they're uh, basically using facts and figures, but that's not what causes you to make a gut reaction to make a decision. You've got to talk to the emotional side. So if you've ever sat down and you've thought, boy, you know, this purchase or this decision makes a lot of sense, but it doesn't feel right. Yeah. And so you say, no, yep. that's your limbic brain, which is basically 75% of the decision-making process. And that's uh, because of the fact that it has no language capacity. That's why we simply say it doesn't feel right. Uh, we don't know what else it's it is. Not right my brain gut. can't get through it. I'm smiling so, because I heard this. I don't want to. I don't want to be tangential here, but I heard this uh, thing, this experiment that they did a while ago. I can't remember how long ago it was, but they disconnected yeah. the whatever the thing is called that connects those two parts of the brain, right? Mm. And I guess on a person or an animal on a person. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember why they were doing this. I'm, I'm, it's horrible that I can't remember, but. They uh they were doing these experiments, and what they were doing is they would uh they would engage one part of the brain, and they would ask a question. And one of the questions was, "Do you find this the nurse your nurse attractive?" Yeah. Right. The left <laughs> part of the brain, which could speak, right, the person said no, yeah. 
And when they asked the right side, and they did it visually, so I guess if you, I don't know if it's your left eye or your right eye, but anyway, they would they would visually cut off and ask, do you find your nurse attractive? And they couldn't speak, but they taught them how to, how to communicate with Scrabble tiles. And the right side of the brain, oh. the emotional side said yes, which was like, the that's why. So like, I only bring that up to say like, everything that you're saying is 100% accurate from that standpoint of, and so interesting. So then the question becomes, how do you tap into the limbic brain to make the, the neocortex say yes? Yeah. So uh, basically what we talk through is uh, what we call a question progression. Mm. So advisors, salespeople, anyone's really good at where you know where you want to be. And that's all above the line, facts, figures, here's where I want to go. Where you have to take the next step is you have to get into what we call the threats. So basically, um, you know, Brandon, I know where you are. I know where you want to be. If you don't make a change, what's going to happen mm. to be different? Or, you know, if we were able to help you solve this, how would that feel? And so you have to get into those feeling side because what people go through is when you're asked to make a decision, buying, um, you're asked to make a purchase, that's a change. Something has to change in your life. Even if it's something small, right? Like I was... Uh, I wasn't working with a financial advisor. Now I am. Small change. Or I wasn't paying 10 bucks a month. Now I am. Whatever it is. Yep. Something has to change. So people go through some regular resistance every time you have to go through and experience a change. And so what you want to do is you want to get the clients to start thinking about what would get in the way what fears do they have? What dangers do they see? What's keeping them uh, up at night? And acknowledge this change and ask to have them actually verbalize what is moving forward. And then uh, you want to get them to the next point, which is integration. And so you ask them about the fears, you ask them about the danger, and then you say something along the lines of, okay, so if I was able to solve this for you, how would that feel? If you could retire early, how would you celebrate? And you get them to start thinking about already having the solution in place. I love that. And they, they start to feel that excitement, that comfort, that relief. After that, there is no sale to be made. Uh, they're already thinking, I've got this in place. And so you you're just need to help them uh, basically get through the paperwork. Relationships are the key to success. Right now, everyone in your database knows three to five people who need what you sell. So how do you get those valuable referrals? By connecting consistently and meaningfully. American Lifestyle Magazine is a high-quality, 48-page publication branded to you and full of amazing content your recipients will love. It helps you stay connected with your clients and sphere, keeping you top of mind for referrals. Want to see how it works? Get your free sample of American Lifestyle Magazine at ReminderMedia.com slash StayPaidSample. That's ReminderMedia.com slash StayPaidSample. Do you find in your experience that the logic has to be done first, foundationally, before you get to the, like the, here's where you're at, here's where you want to go, here's the plan to get there, and then you move into the progression of tapping into the emotional side? Or like, when does the, where does the logical plan take place in the progression? 
Yeah. So um, as we ask folks uh, and we walk through this progression, we go, where are you now? Where do you want to be? And then dive into the emotional side, because what we want to do is get the facts and figures out of the way, because to some degree, it really doesn't matter. Um, You want them to, all right, I can see where I want to go. So you need to first say, where are you at? Where are you going? Think of it like a GPS. Yep. Um, so they need to know what the path is and, and where they want to be. But then you move into the emotion, the fear, the relief of getting it uh, put in place. So they've got to kind of know the answer to the test. Where are we going first? And then you piece everything back together. Yeah, totally agree. That's what in our sales process is what we do. I always teach our reps, hey, you convince on logic, they buy on emotion. And it's kind of like if you think like a car dealership, classic car sales, they're going to help you sort out, hey, what what do you want your payment to be, right? Um, What are you using the car for? Oh, there's these type of options. And then they move to let me get you into this car, (laughs) right? And let me get you to drive it around to try to tap into a little bit of that emotion. Because once you get into the car and you're driving it, you start falling in love with it a little bit more, but it's still technical at that point. And then they have other tactics that they use. But it is very, like, I always tell people like, look, it's not that it can't be logical. It has to be logical. It's just that what you said, you can explain the logic all day and people don't move. You need that emotion to comfort people, to get them to take action, to literally get them to step over uh, the line and actually buy from you. So I love that. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, I'll give you a real life example, um, capitalizing on this idea of the, the car dealership. Um, a couple months ago, my wife and I got a, uh, well, new to us vehicle. And if you've ever, you know, walked into a car dealership, bought a new or a used car, there's always that point in time before you sign the paperwork where they're going to take you to some side office and you're going to sit down with the warranty person and they're going to walk you through. Here's all the warranty you could get. And uh, I sat down across the, the desk from uh, the gentleman that was selling the warranty. And he basically, oh, fact and figures. Brandon, if your truck breaks, here's how much it's going to cost. If this breaks, here's how much it's going to cost. If this, and he put it out and he said, or you can just get this warranty and it'll save you X amount of money. So the math was there that I looked at and, uh, you know, facts, figures, logic. I would save money by getting the warranty if something broke. But in my gut, it didn't feel right. Yeah. So I actually said no. And if I was coaching him or uh, that uh, this person's leader, I would have said, you did the facts and figures right. Right. In my head, logically, I knew that it made sense to get it. Where he should have gone is put me in the position of peril. So basically something like Brandon... If you were driving down the road and you heard a noise you've never heard before, your truck starts to stop, you've got to pull over, what would you do? How would mm. you deal with that? Mm. I'm not certain what I would do. Or And then take it further to say, you know, if you had a big expense like this, what would that do to your savings? How yeah. would that affect your emergency fund? What would that feel like if you had to basically empty your savings in order to to fix this how would that go and then take it to the next step and say all right we've talked through that now now let's imagine brandon that you were driving down the road you heard a noise you didn't recognize your car starts to break down you got to pull over but you know that you've got this warranty you can call we'll get a tow truck 
They'll take you to the nearest uh, auto body shop. And the most you're going to have to pay is 500 bucks. How would that feel? And by getting me to that point, I would have stressed out. Gosh, I don't want something to break and have to pay, you know, however many thousand it costs to fix things. He puts that in my brain around how would it feel if you never had to worry about that? I bet I would have bought. Yeah, that's so good, man. That's, that's like, really the good. emotional side is so powerful. Like in closing, even you, there's yeah. this technique called like the charity close. And the whole <laughs> concept is that a lot of times people are convinced on logic. They want to buy, they, they just have that fear of the unknown. And if you can get them even at the, at certain points to literally go, Hey, look, I'm just like you, right? I've been in your shoes. Like we do this all the time on the phone. Sometimes it's like, look, you know, take you back to your first listing presentation as a real estate agent. Remember how that felt? You were standing in front of the family. You needed them to give you a chance. You never sold a home before, but you knew you could sell this home. You slid that listing agreement across the table to them and you asked them for a chance. That's where I'm at today is, you know, I've presented to you. I'm just asking you for a chance. Give me one chance. Give me 2% of your trust. I'll earn the 98%. And what I'm sharing here in this example is think of all the emotions that are coming up. It's not about the logic at that point. You've already explained the logic. They've already been on, you know, this appointment with you. They already want to buy but you're, you're triggering that emotion go, you know what? Yep, I remember how it felt. And it's kind of the charity sale. Yeah, I'll help you out, kid, right? I'll give you a chance. I'll give you 2% of my trust, you know, type idea. So the emotion side, like don't underestimate it. Like it, it is so powerful, especially when you're selling something that is helping people and logically makes sense. They just need a reason to move. They need a re- reason to move that builds up their faith or their, their trust. And, and that confidence you portray when you deliver it is also key. Yeah, I mean, you, you hit it right on the head. Um, emotion uh, is so powerful. I mean, I, I again, I use examples uh, with the advisors we talk about around how much of an impact is emotion instead of facts and figures. I mean, if you look at, um, well, one example that I use is you look at uh, cigarettes. The prices continue to go up. Yeah. It's harder to, you have to go behind the, the counter to get them you can't uh you know basically can't use them almost anywhere unless you're outside logic would be okay i won't buy those then because it's really difficult to deal with them yeah but there's still a huge industry because it's that emotion that craving yeah. that tie that outweighs and basically trumps all logic and all just kind of facts it's that feeling yep that uh, drives the business. Love that. Where else are you seeing uh, advisors getting leads from? Like, what are you encouraging? I know we talked a little bit about referrals, obviously being, mm-hmm. uh, uh, those should be the primary source of, of the leads and the business that you're getting. Where else are you getting, uh, seeing people have success? Yeah, I mean, referrals are the cheapest. The other thing that we're seeing is uh, actually small targeted events. So one of the things that we try to uh, coach advisors on is, if you are not targeting and creating the experience that attracts your top client, what you're going to end up doing is you're going to end up progressing to the mean. So basically, if I was going fishing, I could throw out a net, pull in whatever I want, or I could target a specific type of fish. Mm -hmm. And so what we're seeing is these small client events where it's uh, specifically maybe the client and three people and taking them to 
golf, taking them uh, to some kind of special. We've got an advisor that does rock concerts. Hmm. He takes his clients to uh, 80s rock concerts. And that's so that's smart. Thing. What's that? I say that's so smart. I love that. Yeah. And, and it's one of those where it's like, look, I've got three extra tickets. Bring whoever you want. Let's just go have fun. And it's making it very casual. And it's not at all about, all right, let me pitch you. Let me, it's simply, let me just spend time with the people you care about. Um, now is that like the, is the, just so I get the strategy correct, the strategy is invite one of your clients, they bring two of their friends, you build the relationship with the friends. Okay. Yeah, that's it. Um, we've even got advisors that they don't like to golf, but their clients do. Yeah. So they'll show up and they'll say, Hey, I'm paying for you guys to go out, do 18 holes. I'll see you in four hours. I'm going to go and I'll be back. I'll buy you lunch. Hmm. And they don't even have to show up or they don't even have to spend the time going out and golfing. It's just. I appreciate you and I want to recognize that you're the kind of client that I want to work with. We should and learn so how to caddy. Uh, yeah, caddy. Yeah. should be the caddy. <laughs> there you go. The reciprocity. <laughs> yeah, the, girl. Yeah. the reciprocity is huge there. It's yeah. so big because when someone does something nice for you like that, you just feel the obligation naturally oh, yeah. to, to try to repay. And so you'll at least listen to what they do or you'll ask them, hey, so what is it that you do for Bob? You know what I mean? How, how are you helping Bob? And then that advisor has the chance to give their you know minute value proposition, their three-minute value proposition. Yeah, it's gold. We've been hearing events like crazy yeah, from top producers. It's super interesting, like, Events, events, like I've been actually thinking so much to myself of like, how do we as a marketing company help people with events? Right. Because all these top producers are coming on the show, literally going, oh, I'm doing, a, I'm doing events. I'm doing client events. I'm doing, you know, referral events. And they're doing a myriad of other things too, but they always yeah. talk about how events are, are really making a difference. And I think it's because if you think about marketing, you're looking for things that make impact mm -hmm. and cut through the noise. And it's not that email doesn't work, print doesn't work. We're in those things. It's just, they're very noisy. And so mm -hmm. it, it's a lot of times you got to get a little bit more lucky and do more mass type idea. And this type of marketing is very, very strategic. It's very, very impactful, but it's expensive and it's time consuming. Yeah. And that's why a lot of people, you know, don't do it. We see a lot of folks, uh, again, on the small events doing something. So um, I know you guys have the uh, email that goes out every week, right? What's what's going on in your town, yep. advisors can then add their events to those. And we're seeing people basically reach out and say, hey, how do I get to do that? Yeah, I saw you took this client there. How do I get that? And the clients are actually starting to ask, how do I bring people to meet you? That's great. And do things like the other clients are doing. Yeah, that and that's a awesome. great way to, to get it out there. That's awesome, man. And this has been so good. Many, many golden nuggets on this episode, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> All right, got to ask you, Brandon, knowing what you know now, what would you yeah. go back? What advice would you give to younger Brandon, maybe that high school age kid? What would you tell him? Yeah, you know, honestly, what I, uh, if I could go back, what I would say is stick with it. So when I was younger, uh, I, my attention span was very short. And I started having success and things worked so well, I stopped doing. It. <laughs> and so <laughs> it's one of those where you just, you got to get back to the basics. And I've always said being a, so we work mostly with financial advisors. Being a financial advisor is not easy, but it's not complicated. There are really 
six activities you need to do and do really well, and you'll be really successful. So that's what I would uh, give uh, the advice to my old self is, hey, just do the basics. Don't try to get cute. Just do six things really well. Um, And that's part of what I try to uh, impress and try to get uh, with some of the new advisors I work with is, it's not easy, but it's not complicated. Just stick to the basics and run the play. Very good advice. Thank you so much for being here, Brandon. Before we close out, please let people know how they can connect with you. Yeah, so uh, we're on LinkedIn. Otherwise, shoot me an email. Uh, Email address is brandon at dynamicdirections-d2.com. Otherwise, give me a call. Uh, 612-271-5536. That's my cell phone. I'm around. Shoot me a note, whatever you need. We do uh, initial consultations for free. So if anything here, you want to learn a little bit more, you want to work on implementing, shoot me a text. That's awesome. Thanks again for being here. Thank you all so much for listening to dive deeper into this episode. Get those links uh, with the phone number, the email, uh, and a link to uh, Brandon's LinkedIn page there. You can go to staypaidpodcast.com. We're going to put all those resources there along with the notes for this show. If you enjoyed this episode and want to show your support, there's only two ways we ask. The first is to head on over to Apple Podcasts, drop us a five-star review and a comment to let us know how we're doing. And the best way to help out the show is to share this episode with a colleague, share it on your social media, just share it. If you want to get hold of me or Luke, you can email us at podcast at remindermedia.com. And of course, you can find us on Instagram uh, and TikTok. We're at Stay Paid podcast. For this episode of Stay Paid, I'm Joshua Stike. Guys, and I'm Luke Acre. What an incredible episode. So many golden nuggets. Really, that was so good. Thank you, Brandon, for coming on. Here's my action item for you. Get yourself a beer, an IPA, and implement this process, right? Improve, praise, ask. That is really it. I mean, it is literally just, that's your reason to ask. You can literally ask them, how can I improve? You praise them and tell them the ideal target audience that you're looking for. And then you simply ask and you do that consistently over time. You will see the referrals come in. But remember, the difference between top producers and mediocre producers is top producers take action. Take action on that today. (laughs) 